with my vino going. I'm like, all right, hold on, let me chill for another 45 minutes. <laughs> I'll have my my uh, Chinese version of an uh, iced coffee. Well, really, it's more of a cappuccino. Is it like a boba tea? That's a big straw. Like a uh, style. So it's a, it's a bubble tea place, but there's no bubbles in it. Not not a bubble guy in my tea. Get that shit out of there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 156, and today we are talking about some Christmas destinations. The uh, Holiday time and Christmas time is upon us now, and uh, maybe you're wondering, oh, man, why did I stay home this year for the holidays? I saw the same old people, ate the same old food, did the same old stuff. I need some better Christmas destinations to go to. Well, today, this episode is just for you. We're going to be talking about some various Christmas destinations, and uh, hopefully there are a couple you can add on your list especially if you've been a good boy or girl, treat yourself next year for Christmas and check out one of these new destinations. So I'm looking forward to sharing some new places with you and hearing what my amazing co-host has to say today. So without further ado, my good buddy Jared, what's going on, Jared? It's day 5,960... Okay, it is day. <laughs> <laughs> it is day five thousand six thousand. Damn you, computer! Uh, it is day uh, five thousand nine hundred and sixty-seven of the war on Christmas, and I will not be distracted. Um, we are here talking about Christmas destinations uh, because this war continues. Uh, please spread a little love. Follow us on Instagram. Continue the war there. On Christmas. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, this is great. These are great holiday uh, travel location times, too, because I think these actually might work out for, better for people that honestly don't celebrate Christmas, because I feel like a lot of people that celebrate Christmas have... have um, a lot of them have like expectations, family expectations. But, you know, oh, a lot true. of people that don't celebrate Christmas get christmas off if they uh work or work or live in the you know western part of the world and um these might actually work better for you who knows spread a little love on twitter too uh untranslatable one the number one uh that's where you can find fun things relating to the podcast like dictionaries.com's 2019 word of the year which we'll get to in a second um you can also spread a little love and give us five star reviews on itunes and stitcher like, I feel like, I don't know if my mic cuts out when I say that, because I see who listens, where, and how often people listen, and I also see the five-star reviews, and uh, it's not lining up. Um, we're also on YouTube. That's nice. Um, Dictionary.com, Chad, uh, put out the 2019 word of the year. Before we started recording, you were guessing for some reason, and you were wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm looking okay. at it right now on Dictionary.com in front of me. Dictionary.com. is it? Word of the year for 2019. 2019, Chad, has been an interesting year, you know. Um, we've had, I think we've had a lot of, you know, you, you are, like to talk about um, the environment a lot. 
We've had a lot of scares with the environment. We've had, we, we mean, we continue to have. It's not like we had some scares. We continue to have a lot over. of <laughs> political scares. We continue to have a lot of uh, geopolitical scares, you know, international mm. sort of scares. Um, and um, we're also having a uh, crisis, you know, potentially financially with all these young people coming up with a lot of debt out of college. And I'd say it's right. causing a lot of <clears throat> existential, existential crises. Jeez, that would have been a lot better okay. if I actually said it the right way. You know what? Let's start all over. Chad, you know, it's been a crazy 2019. Um, so is the word existential crisis? Existential. not It's one word. It's not. Uh, I just added okay. crisis in there to finish off my sentence. Um, yeah, the word is existential. And they're, they have an explanation if you want to hear it. Yes, please. Um, all right. Some of this might not make any sense. From existential threats to existential choices. Um, Dictionary.com is really getting weird. Like, I, I don't even, like, I'm starting to read this. I'm like, is this really how you want to, st-? all right. I'm, th- I'm trash was the insistent cry of Forky, the googly-eyed fork, a spork whose struggle to be a toy was at the heart of the summer blockbuster Toy Story 4. Forky's plight was entertaining, yes, but it also resonated with a deeper sentiment and word that defined so much of 2019. We know that you must be thinking, Forky, (laughs) the dictionary, 2019? Well, the thing about Forky is, his dilemma actually speaks to the broader theme of threat and crisis, reflected not only in culture and news, but also in our dictionary work throughout this year. High, stake, high stakes events around the world involving climate change, gun violence, and democratic institutions were some of the top news stories. And words about these events from polar vortex to stochastic terrorism, stoka, I don't know what that is. I don't even know what that is. To yeah. exonerate were top searches and trends on dictionary.com. Notable uh, among searches was existential which we've chosen as the word of the year for 2019 it captures a sense of grappling with the survival literally and figuratively of our planet our loved ones our way of life there we go wow interesting there's more but you know come on that's a great place to end it i feel like um that, people that's are, a very good people place are to end wherever it. they're oh. sitting just like oh my god right <laughs> um I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And now it's a little dark. Now I, but I don't, guess 2019 has been an interesting year. Now I didn't want to just give you this in a vacuum, so I have some right. of the previous words of the year throughout the years. Oh, okay. See where Let's hear where and, and and it's interesting. We can kind of predict or maybe try to predict where the world was at. So you know, maybe I'll start at the beginning. Actually, let let me start. Okay. And I think at least don't tell I, me the, the year. Give me the word and let me guess the year. Okay. This is only going well. Okay. Well, let's. This is. Um, let's. Let me help you. Okay. And I'll do it out of order, just to. Uh, just to make it. A, just to make it a little more difficult. It's of the decade. Words of okay. the deck. So this is over the past decade. Two thousand ten okay. to two thousand nineteen. Okay. Bluster. I don't even know what bluster means. Do you want to tell you what bluster means? Yes, please. Bluster. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. Bluster, interesting. <laughs> uh, to roar and be tumultuous as wind. To be loud, noisy, or swaggering. Utter loud. Empty menaces or protests. He blusters about revenge, but does nothing. Hmm. It's a verb. To force or accomplish by blustering. He blustered okay. his way through the crowd. Okay, all right. And what year is this? So you said this is the past decade. And so I can give you some. To now? And I can give you. Some, I can give you the explanation too, and does not and leave Ooh, out the okay. year. Okay. 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 Yeah. Let's in a hear year it. known for the Occupy movement and what became known as the Arab Spring, our lexicographers chose bluster as their word of the year. Here's an excerpt from our release that year that gives you a good explanation for our choice. This year saw the most expensive political campaigns. In, in some of the most extreme weather events in human history, from floods in Australia to cyclones in China to Hurricane Sandy and many others. Blustery indeed. So is that... Oh, I'm trying to think. That's got to be 2014? No. 2013? No. 2012. Oh, 2012. All right. All right. Give me another one. Okay. Um, hmm. Xenophobia. In twenty, oh jeez, I almost said it. <laughs> uh, xenophobia. Or, I, well, I didn't say it, but I almost said it. No, it's not twenty eighteen. Uh, in this year, we selected xenophobia as our word of the year. Fear of the other was a huge theme mm -hmm. in this year, from Brexit to President Donald Trump's campaign rhetoric and our announcement. We urged our readers okay. to reflect on this term rather than celebrate it. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. What year was uh, this? So that's got to be that's got to be 20 It's got to be 2016, 2017. Uh make a guess. 2016. Yeah. Thank 2016. you. 2016. It's 2016. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can't you can't choose 3 at once. Can't you, choose 2. You uh, It's uh, 2012, 2013, 2014, yeah. 2015. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, right. Exposure. Spoiler Ex alert. Exposure. Things don't get less serious in this year. Our word of the year was exposure, which highlighted the year's Ebola virus outbreak. Shocking acts of violence both abroad in the U.S. and widespread theft of personal information. 20, 2018. No. Right? Oh, it was coming in hot, and that was where, not where it. Do you, okay. what, what, where do you live? <laughs> you, do you live China. In, this, in this world? <laughs> Clear, clearly not, not in the same world as you, Jared. So, okay, wait. So Ebola, Ebola was, was old, not Ebola? last year. 2017 then. 2014 oh no nowhere close all right all right we gotta stop this because right, one more we feel terrible. one more okay one more <laughs> change this is the past decade it wasn't trendy funny nor was it coined on twitter but we thought change told a real story about how our users define this year Unlike in 2008, change was no longer a campaign slogan, but the term still held a lot of weight. Here's an excerpt from the, uh, from the word of the year. The national debate can arguably be summarized by the, the question. In the past this amount of years, has there been enough change? 
Has there been too much? Meanwhile, mm. by the way, there's never too much. That's the answer is never yes to too much. Meanwhile, many Americans continue to face. Well, maybe I guess I take that back. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I was gonna. Meanwhile, <laughs> I was gonna say that's a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, many Amer- uh, Americans continue to face change in their homes, bank accounts, jobs. Only time will tell if the latest wave of change Americans voted for the midterm elections will result in negative or positive outcome. So that's got to be 2000 and mm, 2012? 2010. Oh, all right. If I'm not mistaken, well, 2012 was an election year because 2008 was a, a election year. So yeah, 2012 was a full-on election year. Oh, right. Gotcha. Not well, that. Okay. Gotcha. Chad, this is what happens when you get all your news from meme news. <laughs> That's true. It's interesting, That's though. The, all of these words are like, like they're, uh, I'm just going to, I can just run through, like there are no fun words. Like it's never, the words never flim flam. Uh, oh, 2011 was I don't even know what that means. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah, you can't not explain what that word is after dropping that one. Tergiversate. To change repeatedly one's attitude or opinion with respect to a cause subject uh, or subject. Uh, so it's just like, I guess, the flip-flop on, on a... Okay. On a... And what... Tergiversate. Tergiversate. 2011. Tergiversate. Bluster, 2012. Privacy was 2013. That was the Snowden year. Exposure oh, was yep. 2014. Identity was 2015. La- uh, language around gender and sexual identity started uh, becoming uh, part of the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. That's my word of the year. I just learned that one. That's a good Xenophobia word. was, as I said, 2016. Complicit mm-hmm. was 2017. Uh, oh, you're complicit. Okay. Uh, you know, those who, are, those who are silent are complicit. And I think right. that had a lot to do with things like maybe Me Too or yeah. um, um, misinformation. The Party, maybe. Yes, yes, very good. Yes, that's too. Yeah, yeah. where it's uh-huh. like, where it's like you either someone who doesn't vote is complicit in in, in what's right. happening right now, or someone that right. votes but says like, oh no, I only voted for him because of the uh, financial reasons. It's like, yeah, well, you're complicit right. in uh, all you know all the other shit. And then misinformation is 2018. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, Jared, do we want to quickly talk about, I got some questions for my students. Sure. Yeah. And I did a Christmas edition of my Ooh, conversation hour. They don't celebrate Christmas. Not re- well, well, I'll get to that. Okay. I'll get to that because I'll start with that question. Actually, let me find it really quick. Let me find it really quick. Uh, so, Jared asked, do they celebrate Christmas here? One of my students asked me, will you eat apples on the eve of Christmas like some Chinese people? Will you eat apples on the eve of Christmas like some Chinese people? Okay, see, that sentence was uh, foreign to me. We, we don't have any apple-based traditions for our Christmas. So, that's the thing. I don't know why, but here in China, you give your friends and family members an apple. I guess it's symbol. I would guess it symbolizes like good health. <laughs> um, 
you know, care being caring, I guess. I don't know, but so but even yeah, if so they don't celebrate Christmas. Right. Like that's like a thing they do here is they'll give like friends and family an apple um during Christmas time. And the funny thing is, so Jared, uh humor me and go on this website for me. It's B A O Pals, P A L S dot com, Baopals.com. And Baopals.com is a website here where so Taobao, if you've if you tuned into our China episode, um, I'm going Bao incognito Pals, just to uh, uh, ooh, there you go, <laughs> evade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to um, do anything. Taobao is like the biggest online shopping platform here in China, and Bao Pals is basically twelve twelve year end sale an English, and we can talk about that too for a minute if you want as well. Because you know, Jared, I bought some stuff. Because I bought some stuff that was on sale. The sales on um, the but, homepage are popcorn kernels, Andy's mm-hmm. mint, which is a mint I yep. haven't seen since I was like eight. <laughs> or if you go to like a restaurant, you might <laughs> yes. get one. I yeah, remember that yeah. at the old yeah. school Anita's Kitchen I used to go to in Troy uh-huh. back in the day. Folding plastic bathtub. Uh, Ooh, those are just the go. three things along the homepage. <laughs> anyway. So, so, Jared, if you click on Christmas... And you click on, I think, either like stocking stuffers or like gift sets or gift baskets, something like that. Uh, yes, yes. If, if you click on those, every gift basket that I saw had an apple in it. So there were like some chocolates and some like other stuff. Every gift basket I saw had an apple in it. Hmm. So if you're curious about how Chinese people celebrate Christmas, that is kind of how they celebrate it. So so that was an interesting <laughs> question. Sorry, uh, they have from some super trendy... Um, I went to the like Christmas gifts for women. They have some super mm-hmm. trendy, cool-looking Christmas sweaters. These are like the coolest, ugly sweaters I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I was like, I uh, almost, I almost bought myself a Christmas sweater. Pretty cheap. There too. were some really cool ones. What, what's yeah. eighty-nine RMB about? about? Eighty-nine I mean, I have a RMB in front of me. is well, seventy RMB is ten bucks. So eighty-nine oh, is so like it's maybe like eleven bucks. It's twelve, twelve sixty-four. There we go. Yeah. That's not nothing. Um, wow. I'm, well, that's Jared, great. I can tell you I bought yesterday because it's it was the 1212 sale, which for yes. listeners who aren't in China, we have a sale, a huge sale in China, which is basically their version of Black Friday, which is 1111, which is the 11th of November. Um, and so they also now do a 1212 kind of end of the year sale. So, Jared, I bought 13 things uh, last night, uh, some warmer clothes for the winter. Um, I'm having a really difficult time finding t-shirts in my size in stores, mm. which I don't know why, because like, I'm not any bigger than most of the other, like most of the Asian guys I see walking around. Actually, a lot of them, believe it or not, are taller than me. Um, so, so I haven't been able to find like, I just want like some plain you know, plain white, plain black, sure, plain blue sure. t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So I got some of those. I got, what else did I buy? Uh, I bought some Christmas wrapping paper because I will be exchanging some gifts with my girlfriend and some friends for Christmas. Uh, so needed some Christmas wrapping paper, um, a couple uh, other small things for my apartment. And I, I bought 13 things, Jared, and it came out to like, for 13 things, it came out to about $100. That's not bad. I mean, that's yeah. great. That's better than yep. not bad. Yep. Uh, I want to hear some more of these questions. I want to know. Absolutely. I, I want to know how uh, Chinese take on Christmas. Sure. Uh, 
this was this was an interesting one. I wasn't really sure how to answer this one, but uh, one of my students asked me. Nowadays, many pol- many people believe that Santa Claus is true Black. or real. What do you, <laughs> what do you think of the phenomenon? Um, so I explained how <laughs> he's totally real. Uh, uh, well, I explained to to my and he students prefers to go how, by they. That's right. You better believe it. Um, Santa's very inclusive, Jared. Don't don't you don't you put that on Santa. Um, but uh, I, I explained to my students how, like, when you kind of realize that Santa isn't real, in a lot of ways, Christmas kind of loses its magic. I hope mm. that wasn't a spoiler alert for any of our <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> but I think uh, it really does lose its magic. Um, I remember I the first year. You don't think so? I remember the first year. I mean, where I've always been. I've always been like I am right now, though. That's the thing. What skeptical about everything and anything? No, but I remember when, uh, like, like it was ruined kind of on an accident. I don't even remember who the Uh-oh. dude was, but he was older than me. And I remember we were on a bike ride. My dad was there. This dude was there. Uh, I was there, and he just sort of like said it out of nowhere. My dad like gave me that <gasps> look back, and I was like, yeah, you know. Oh, that's a terrible. Well, I'm trying to think. How, I mean, I think doesn't most make sense. Kids do. It never really made sense. <laughs> I mean, no, it doesn't, but that's why it's magical. But I'm not, I was, I don't feel like I'm, I I mean, obviously I look forward to Santa and all that stuff, but I feel like I'm never really precious about, like I was never really too precious about that stuff. Right. I mean, I obviously look forward to Santa and stuff and maybe it was a bummer. Maybe I just had to pretend like I was tough and I was like, yeah, we all knew, right? Right. One tear rolls down (laughs) Jared's cheek. (laughs) All right. Let me, let me give you a couple other ones. Um, this one was an interesting one, and I had never thought about Secret Santa this way. And for our listeners out there who aren't from the States and don't know what Secret Santa is, it's usually like a group of friends or even like maybe at your workplace, mm-hmm. you pull a name out of a hat or like it's random when you get a name and then you buy a gift for them kind of anonymously. So you don't know mm-hmm. who your Santa is, Secret Santa. And so one of my students asked me, is it true that most people do Secret Santa because they are broke and this way you don't have to buy <laughs> gifts for everyone? Oh, I thought man. that was kind of interesting. I had never thought of Secret Santa in that way. Then I no, uh, I don't because, know, what's your take on it? No, Jared? because most people I do, I've done Secret Santa with. It's been the mo- the times I've done it or similar is White Elephant. It's a little different, but it's a similar mm-hmm. concept. I've right. done it at our fraternity. Um, and I've seen it often done at work before and obviously with friends I've seen it done before. Right. And I've seen it mostly done in situations where there's usually not a lot of pressure already to get people a present, you know? Right. L- like, like it's not like, like, it's not like you're relying on this to get, like if you wanted to get your friend or significant other or coworker some heartfelt gift, this is not the moment to do it, you know? No, definitely <laughs> Like not. it's more like a fun like bonding situation more than mm-hmm. anything, a reason Absolutely. to get people together. I feel like so. I feel and, and yeah, there's usually a limit on it, and but that's usually just mostly to make it more creative. I think more than anything, I feel like it has nothing yeah. to do with because most of the people I do it with is like first of all, I don't have to even most times that I've done it, I didn't have to partake in it. No one's forcing me to, and right, um, right. And like I wouldn't have gotten these people gifts anyway. <laughs> so like it's true. So it's more just for like an like a fun times with people. Absolutely, and I think the limit also um, has an element of fairness to it as well. Yeah, because not everyone is as well off as each other, and so it's like that episode of The Office where they do the Secret Santa, 
And then I think Michael Scott buys an iPod um, for <laughs> oh, Ryan. Mike's the wrong person. And they're all gets trying it. to trade it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I would agree. But, yeah, so that was interesting. And so I explained the concept of Secret Santa and also White Elephant. All right, this is my last question I'll give you, Jared, and then we will go into the shout outs. When I read this question, I just laughed. So I thought it was hilarious. I think not this year, but in the future, I totally want to do this. Uh, will you dress up as Santa Claus? And give Christmas <laughs> presents to children this Christmas. No, but what you should do is dress up as a Krampus like they did when we were studying abroad and oh, scare the shit out hilarious. of us. Right? <laughs> so for our listeners out there that don't know what Jared's talking about, when Jared and I were in Vienna, Austria, they have a day, um, I believe it's St. Saint- Nicholas Day, isn't it? It's on the 6th, 5th or 6th of December. Yeah. And we I still had class. Is, yeah. And uh, we still had class. And I remember we're sitting there. And then we hear like a knock on the window. We look over and there's this creepy like goat looking thing, with like a staff. <laughs> yeah. And then it, and then it scared the living shit out of me. I don't know about you, Jared. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, yeah. And uh, and it was the uh, good old Krampus, which is like this creepy German and Austrian. Uh, he's I never heard of it when I lived in Germany. Really? Granted, well, I was I young and a, I was in the international school. So. I think it's a southern southern German thing too, uh, okay. though, as well. Okay. Um, I think. Um, but yeah, and so, anyways, the Krampus, uh, if you if you've been naughty, he will uh, put you in his sack and haul you away and beat you. So, <laughs> so yeah, and they also that's have way a worse than getting coal. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. They have a similar thing in the Czech Republic, and uh, some of my colleagues last year, Jared, were telling me that their children. Uh, it it has like scarred and traumatized some some of my colleagues. Yeah, children. I can imagine that. Yeah, it would scare the crap but, out but of the, me. But is it the parents that are doing it? Well, so no, it's usually someone in there in the town or village that they know that dresses up and does it. Yeah, because um, I was like, you don't need to uh, parents, expose your kid to this this uh, right. torture. And and some and some parents don't. Um, the funny thing is though is that uh, I guess one one of my colleagues was telling me when she was a little girl. They had a kid in their town or village that was kind of a jerk, and then the parents told the guy they were like, "Look, we actually want you to like kidnap our kid, just just for a little bit to scare mm. him enough." Apparently, yeah. that set him straight. So, so there you go. No, he's I'm probably, not advocating a, he's probably for this, an even bigger asshole now. <laughs> could be. That could be. There's no way that set him straight. I, there's, <laughs> I don't know. They said he behaved a whole that lot better. That is terrible parenting. That. that is terrible parenting. <laughs> hey, just make it seem like our kid's actually getting kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. Go with European Christmas traditions. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Well, Jared, I think it's time that we... Oh, yes. Spread a little love. I agree. And my first one goes out to the hunters of our home state of Michigan... Because they have donated uh, 58,000 pounds of venison and $100,000 to feed over 232,000 hungry people. So Michigan deer hunters are donating an all-time record amount of venison this holiday season to Michigan Sportsmen Against Hunger. The nonprofit group partners with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources and the Food Bank Council of Michigan in helping connect hunters to charities that feed people in need. The donated meat is given to local food banks and homeless shelters. Um, So uh, 2019 has been a record-breaking year. Michigan hunters have donated more than 58,000 pounds of venison, which is enough meat to serve 232,000 meals. Wow. Um, 
I like so that. yeah, um, yeah, it's really really crazy. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's pretty amazing um, to do this, and I think it's really great. The because, money on top of that too, right? Absolutely. Well, and the other thing is too, I think there are a lot of people, like animal rights activists, who are, advocate really against hunting. But the thing is, is that nowadays, at least in Michigan. Deer don't really have any serious natural predators. I mean, yes, there are coyotes, the but car. there aren't that many of them to my knowledge. Right. Well, that's the thing is that if if we don't hunt, the deer population skyrockets. There will be a lot more car accidents. Um, and, and, and I'm sorry, but... Mm-hmm. It, it, well, as far as sustainability goes, hunting is by far... And most people that are hunting, especially deer are mostly eating it you know like people aren't just like yeah. uh mm-hmm. like it's not like some dude posing next to a freaking elephant sport. or something yeah right and so right. like a lot of these people that uh donated probably took a good like enough to feed their family for like months and months and then oh, yeah. still gave away a bunch you know absolutely like like yeah, so and, and they're probably and, and a lot of people that hunt like that um don't then don't go to the grocery store for literally months a lot of times Right, at least, or for, at least for me. Meat. Excuse me. Right, and right. and so honestly, um, like I feel like people that eat meat from like a store should should feel way more guilty than people that hunt and eat meat. It seems way more sustainable and oh, way better for the environment, and uh, the meat's probably going to be better quality too. Absolutely, absolutely. So shout out to all the hunters in Michigan, and also you the betcha. Michigan sportsmen uh, against hunger organization as well for uh helping out these people i think that's super great because yeah when you when you get a deer um depending on how big it is it can be a lot of meat and uh it's good to see that that won't be going to waste so jared my next shout out goes out to kansas city because kansas city has become the first major american city missouri or kansas universal uh let me check here i'm I'm gonna guess missouri because i think that's the bigger one uh, I don't, yeah, know, why. I don't say. know why I had to throw you off like that. That was unnecessary. I don't. I apologize. It's okay. They're right next it's to okay. each other, so, and they, so they have the anyways, same name. Anyways, Kansas City becomes the first major American city with universal, fare-free public transportation. City Council voted um, unanimously to make city bus routes fare-free, directing the city manager to develop and enact a plan. The city's light rail was already free. Free bus service, which is expected to cost about $8 million, has been pitched as a major help to low-income residents who rely on transit uh, to commute to work. Uh, new Mayor Quentin Lucas helped spearhead the plan with the support of the city opinion leaders, including the Kansas City Star's editorial board. Other supporters included City Councilman Eric Bunch. Um, so there it we go. It is Missouri. It is. Which, Great. Um, Thank you. My uh, my uh, lady friend here is actually going going to be taking public transportation to Detroit this weekend, and um, I, and I who have lived here for the majority of my life have never taken the public transportation here. And if I'm around, I might not be around. I might try to join her just to uh, nice. for See and, and like. come back come back with a report on what Ooh, be, the Metro Detroit public. But I might not be able to join her, so. I can't promise that, but no, when she told me today have, that she was going to take public mm-hmm. transportation, I was like, "Oh, interesting," because right, I uh, have never taken it, and uh, apparently it's not that bad from here. So we'll see. I've I've taken the oh, what is what's that thing called? Is it the people? Oh, the no, people mover. Yeah, the monorail. No, 
Yeah, I haven't taken the people mover. It's it's smaller. It's like a tram. Um. Oh, and like it goes through like Midtown On as Woodward, well. Woodward, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can't think of what it's called. What, what that's you're called. Talking about. I, I took that, and that was pretty good. The Q. Is, I think it's just called the oh, Q. Oh, is that what it is? It? Oh, okay. I think right. so. I could All be right. wrong, but yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, I'm curious to hear about that, Jared. But you know what else? How I'm was the Q? About the how was the? It was Q? very good. I very see good. it. I drive by it. It is the Q line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never been on it though. Um. Anyway, yeah. Untranslatables. That's what we're here for. Kind of, I guess. Part of what we're here for. <laughs> we love to do them. The untranslatable.co, uh, Almarin's new endeavor. She had an untranslatable today, which was uh, Ope. Oh, yes. I and explained I, Ope to my students. I commented saying, um, I've lived in the Midwest for most of my life, and I didn't realize that I was saying a Midwestern untranslatable until a couple months ago when you told me. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. That's a good one. Like, oh, and Ope, everyone doesn't say this? Ope is the universal phrase for everything and anything, I would say, in mm-hmm. Michigan. Ope. And if you, get if you want you. some proof, go ahead and listen to uh, "Lose Yourself" by Eminem because oh yeah, I, I hear I hear "Oh, there goes gravity." I could be wrong; it might be "O," oh, but I hear "Oh, oh, there goes gravity." Oh, <laughs> well, maybe it's written "O," but he's saying it as a Midwesterner, you know, because that's what True. he is. True. My first untranslatable is English. I, uh, it's from Ireland, but it's English. Okay. Um, and it's uh, how would you say this in an Irish accent? Stall the ball. I don't even. I don't even know. That's a good question. Stall the ball. Uh, I don't know how to do an Irish accent. <laughs> really. st- uh, stall the ball, laddie. That's probably that more Scottish. Scottish, isn't it? Yeah, that's probably yeah. Don't want to be starting a war here. Stall the um, ball. That's English. That's yeah. Oh, I stole Anyways. the ball. <laughs> so stall, stall the ball is what you're saying, though. Stall, stall the, the ball. ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that like hold your horses? Wait a minute. Slow down. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. Stole the bow. My, my first one is Oi. Chinese, and it is Yishu um, Suila, which means uh, "Have I become crazy?" Hmm. Did you like? Are you? Do you not understand me, or did you not hear me, or? Are you missing, or is it like, am I warmer? Can you hear me, or are you not hearing no. me properly? Or no, this isn't about hearing, Jared. This would be like if you say something to me, um, you're like, yeah, I took an I took an Uber from uh, Detroit to oh, Baton it, Rouge. Would it be like if you I'd were like, like uh, oh, like are you or like if you like question something crazy that I say, you would be like, are you are you kidding me, kind of thing? There we go. Are you kidding me? That is exactly what I was looking for. There we go. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. So if I were to say like I took an Uber from like here to Chicago or something. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, it wasn't that bad. It was only like $3,000. <laughs> right. I don't know why people don't do this more often. <laughs> How much would that be, do you think? Maybe like 500 bucks? It'd be Maybe expensive. Maybe more than that. 600 bucks? expensive. Yeah, I'd say six to a thousand probably would be my guess. Uh, all right, my next untranslatable is um, Italian, and it is uh, "acqua in bocca." You should know what that translates to. Water, water, water in mouth. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Is this to be drunk? Uh, no, no. It's more like... Now, this is not what the untranslatable is, but let me add some words to it. Uh, okay. Keep the water in your mouth. So, like, don't be surprised? No. May, pretend... No, 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 no. Be patient? I'm giving you water. Uh-huh. And I want you to keep that water in your mouth. Don't let that water spill out of your mouth when you leave me. Don't. Hmm. I'm hmm. giving you water. And right. I'm saying, hey, keep this water in your mouth, okay? Don't let anyone else get this water. So it's like... Uh... It's like keep your mouth shut. Keep the secret to yourself, you know? Oh, keep a secret. okay. Oh, keep a seat. Ah, I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hey, Tony, keep the water in your mouth. <laughs> keep the water in your mouth. But uh, Geraldine <laughs> was caught down the street. Okay. Um, do you have G another one for Giovanni us? Giovanni here. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Korean, and it is um, Sik Yun Yuk Myok Ki, which means uh, uh, like eating cold kanji. Is it like you, uh, like you're confused, or like nope. you're overwhelmed? Nope. Nope. I would or say it's like super easy. It's like super easy. Piece of cake. What do we say? What? There we go. Piece of cake. Piece of cake. Um, you're on the ball today, Jared. I love oh, it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, fine. I'll do one more. You're right. We. I am on the ball. Um, this next one is Romanian. Oh, I'm sure I'm gonna mess this up. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> guess I, I could. Way to preface it. I could. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, now I'm curious, because I'm just going to mess it up. Nobody wants that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you hear all these little click clacks. Yeah, yeah. Clickety clack. All right, all right. Here's what we're going to do. It is Romanian. You're going to play it? Mm -hmm. I'm tired of ruining... Uh... All right, here we go. Watch, I'm going to do all this, and it's going to be like, oh, no, we don't... That's not one of the languages we do. Here it is. Right. Yeah. See, that's why that's why I think it was worth that was worth it. To get drunk okay. with cold water. To get drunk so is this like to over exaggerate? Kind of. Kind of. Now let me um I when to I was like fake something? Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. It means you're close, though. It means uh, it's a it's a Romanian way of saying saying you're fooling yourself. You know, or ah. it's like yeah. So like you were you were pretty much on in line with it, but I was like, I don't know if I can fully give it okay. to you. But I you see, I yourself. see where your head's at. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're playing yourself. That's that's right. 2019's version. There we go. There we go. You're playing yourself. Now, let me ask well, you this, Jared, Chad. You, uh -huh. I, have a I, go ahead. I have a question for you. I'm sure you're going to have a great... Actually, let me hear it. Let me hear the segue you're, you were about to give. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. Please. I, I lost the segue. I was going to say, that's why I was hoping you would, you would give yours. All I was going to say, I guess, is uh, if, you, if you don't want to play yourself, maybe you should check out some of these Christmas or holiday destinations. Uh yeah, we should have. Oops, sorry, I kicked my. Yeah, you're right. Should have kept um, with yours. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't have anything. Would you uh, rather travel or stay home during the holidays? 
Oh, good question. Um, I think generally probably stay home because I, well, at least by home, I mean, I would rather spend time at my parents um, just because I get to see all my family and everything like that. But last year we did some serious traveling over the holidays. I think we visited, we visited easily five or six different cities, um, Prague, Prague, Dresden, Carlo Vivari, uh, Vienna, Austria. I thought there was another one in Germany, but maybe not. Dresden, Prague, Vienna, Carlo Vivari. Oh, and we were also, of course, in Komutov. So I guess that's five. Uh, and it was really great to do some traveling around the holidays. Um, at least in Europe, it wasn't as crowded as I thought it would be, which mm-hmm. was pretty surprising because uh, mm-hmm. it was right around Christmas time, and Christmas is celebrated in Europe uh, and yeah. also around New Year's. Um, How was yeah, what the, about the you? travel wasn't bad? I, I assume it's probably not going to be as bad if, if you're local. Right, right. Uh, the travel wasn't bad. I, I, was, I thought the train stations would be... or something, I mean. Right, right. I would say that the. I was really surprised that I thought the train stations would be packed, but I think a lot of people during that time in, in Europe... If you're actually a local, you're probably not going to a bunch of different cities. You're probably spending time with your friends and family in, in, in your in your town or your city. So yeah. yeah, that that seems to make sense. That seems to make sense. Mm-hmm. I also would rather stay home, mostly because of the travel part of it. I hate the, like the airport part of it. Really, really is tough. But I will say. I do I, like I, I do like the idea, and I don't hate the idea. Not that I've ever done this but i don't hate the idea of spending christmas traveling with my family like I, yeah. I've done, actually i have done that before i have done that before i spent christmas in morocco no that was new year's and so i never done that before maybe but uh i do like the idea of that and i, I feel like i could get past the um get past the travel part of it and also i'm willing to forego gifts Mm-hmm. For plane tickets, which is a gift, I'm I'm willing to forego oh, yeah. physical gifts easily for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think speaking of that, Jared, I think that for me, I think some of the best gifts are not material things, but like experiences, right? So, a plane ticket allows you to travel. So, for me, that would be an experience. Or like another good gift, I think, is like concert tickets or something like that, or tickets to like. Like maybe there's like a new movie coming out or or something like that. Like that to me is mm. sometimes a much more exciting gift than just here's a sweater. I want to ask you what is it that and I have by the way a list of all the you know top blah 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 best Christmas destinations and all that stuff. Don't worry, right. but I have some questions <laughs> for you. I have some I have some sure. fodder here for us. Um, when we're when we're talking Christmas destinations. Mm-hmm. What or 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 your sort of Christmas, your, what you imagine in your head as a Christmas wonderland? I want to run through some criteria. Tell me, do you need it? Do you not need it? Does it help? Oh Does yeah, let's help? do it. Yeah, let's. Now do the it. number one is obviously snow. Of course, you yep. you 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 need prefer snow for Christmas. Oh yeah, when I was a kid, we would spend uh, Christmas very often in Florida because my grandmother lived there, and. There was never snow. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I got so used to Christmas in Michigan where usually there's snow for Christmas. Yeah. Um, there's definitely going to be cold, that's for sure, whether there's snow or not. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. But, so, yeah, um, I, I love seeing snow for Christmas. What about you? Well, I'm from Michigan, obviously, but I would probably say the majority of my Christmases have been spent in Louisiana 
which mm-hmm. is where most of my family is. And um, maybe as a kid, I kind of missed the snow. You know, you hear the songs, you know, and all that stuff. But as an adult, nothing beats wearing a T-shirt outside uh, in December. So yeah. I, I think I don't need it. I don't need that. And um, I would happily give give up snow for uh, warm weather and Christmas easily. Interesting. Okay. Holiday markets, Christmas markets. You know, I think they're really great, especially for the whole Christmas ambiance or Christmas atmosphere. But I don't need them. Um, mm. I like them. Like if I'm in a country where there are Christmas markets, I'll definitely go check them out. But, you know, for me, what I really associate Christmas with is being at home at my parents, cuddled up on the couch with my dog and the fireplace going and watching some old Christmas movie on TV with my family um, and having some hot cocoa. I hear you. But also don't think Christmas Day specifically. Think the the holiday season. Christmas time, the holiday season. Think late December, you know? Late December. Because when Um, Because when I think about holiday or Christmas markets... I would say yes, and I, 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 I wouldn't think to say yes, but then I would okay. think about how I spend all my Christmases, and I always find myself at some sort of holiday market. Like, for example, there's a small Christmas market uh, off, or, or on, uh, in Canvas Marshes in Detroit, and mm-hmm. I was there I've a week or two ago. that's a nice ago. one. It is. It is, and I enjoyed walking through it, and it's a nice, uh, like, like, you know, it's nice to see them putting up the lights and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I would say a yes. To the holiday market. And I would say that, um, you know, obviously, the, or to the Christmas market. I keep saying holiday market. <laughs> I'm really ruining this war on Christmas. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, and then obviously, if you go to, you know, Europe, Germany, or, or, or Vienna or something, the Christmas market's on a whole nother level. But oh, yeah. um, I enjoy going oh, yeah. to those too, obviously. Yeah, they, they are nice. And it definitely puts you in the holiday spirit, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Now, speaking of... Um, Speaking of the holiday Christmas markets, I'm going to stop saying holiday markets. We're talking about Christmas. Uh, Christmas foods. What do you what do you attribute what would with you Christmas? Consider, yeah, I'm. I mean, I guess in my family, at least on Christmas Day, usually there's ham. Now, um, okay, if you're traveling, what would you now? When I'm I'm thinking of like uh, what I want out of a destination, maybe. So I'm thinking Spätzle. I'm thinking okay, we're Germany, Yeah. Yep. Mold wine, um, yeah. And I actually, oh, actually, we I have a list of Christmas uh, traditional foods around the world that we I, we could go through. Oh, yeah, let's hear those. Let's hear those. Because uh, I, I, because for a lot of people, for me, I I would say I enjoy food, and I think sometimes oh, yeah. a big part of my travel decisions might be based off of where good food is. Now I will now, say this though too, Jared. Mm-hmm. I think a, uh, another fun thing about like going to a new destination for the holiday season and for Christmas would be also trying some new staples of food in different cultures, right? Like we never ate schnitzel for Christmas, but you better believe when I was in Germany and Austria and, and the Czech Republic, I ate a lot of schnitzel around Christmas time. Uh, schnitzel with... <laughs> Just around uh, Christmas time, though. That's the only time you ate a lot only, of schnitzel. Only around Christmas time. <laughs> Jared's saying that because I ate schnitzel like every other day when we were in uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, we all did. So it's it's no personal attack. <laughs> right. Well, let's go through some of these foods. Um, now, this one sounds good, but I don't know if it, it would get me to travel to this place specifically for this. Christmas fried chicken mm-hmm. in Japan. 
Um, in Japan, the Christmas season is the most wonderful time of the year for Kentucky Fried Chicken, or KFC, a fast food chain, because about 3.6 million Japanese families eat KFC on Christmas Eve. They often need to reserve their meal up to two months in advance. During the 1970s, KFC put together put together a holiday party bucket and behind it a brilliant marketing plan at the time Jap- japan didn't have many christmas traditions kfc filled that void by telling customers here is something that you should do on christmas the trend quick uh, caught on quickly so kfc sort of is one uh, like one of the at, at the forefront of starting like the christmas traditions christmas tradition like in people japan. celebrating That's christmas awesome. in japan kind of in a weird way uh, right. Now, here's another thing that I can't pronounce. Uh, it's uh, Lithuania. It's Kushios. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kushios, the traditional Lithuanian Christmas dinner, is held on December 24th every year. And hosting Kushios is no small feat. This meal, it's a feast. It's not like one specific thing. This meal can take up to a week to prepare. For Lithuanians, wow. the holidays are about spending time with family. So a week-long meal prep is certainly a great opportunity for families to get together and is likely why their tradition has persisted. Uh, originally, it has nine dishes. It was a pagan practice that later expanded to 12 dishes, one for each apostle. That's hilarious. The Christians are like, no, this is our holiday now. We get with nine. We don't really right. work with nine that often. Give us <laughs> so, 12. Yeah. Uh, we're going to pump this up. No meat, dairy, or hot food are a part of this meal. Instead, it includes fish, breads, and vegetables. Listen again. No meat, dairy, or hot food. So this fish, bread, and vegetables, all cold. Some of the items you might see on the menu are herring served in a tomato mushroom or onion-based sauce, smoked eel, vegetables such as potatoes, sauerkraut, sauerkraut, and mushrooms, bread, or cranberry pudding. Now, listen, no offense, Mm. That does not appeal to me in the slightest. Nope. Nope. Especially the idea of all that being cold. Yeah. Give me something hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, latkes in Israel. So this is holiday, by the way. This is not just Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, since the Middle Ages, I'm, uh, latkes in some form or another have been an important part of the Hanukkah tradition. Uh, latkes are fried potato pancakes uh, mm-hmm. cooked in oil. Uh, this recognizes the Second Temple kept... Uh, the menorah burning with oil for eight days. Um, also, latkes. I wonder why are also popular in the German uh, Christmas or German Christmas time cuisine too. Another popular mm-hmm. like uh, snack that you'll find at at Christmas markets. Uh, this is a cold cold stone full on winner. You can never mm-hmm. go wrong oh, with latkes. Lat- are so good. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, potato fried but fried potato pancakes. Nah, son. That's yeah. a, th- those are game changers all the time. Unless they're too oily. That's true. That's true. They Unless have to be crunchy because when they're too oily, yeah. they're not going to be crunchy. That's true. Right. But then you right. don't want them too dry as well. It's a, there is an art to it. But that's it's true. but I think it's an art that there's a there's a there's a good window there. It's hard, it's easy mm-hmm. not to mess up. I would say Christmas yeah. goose, which is a German thing. The Chris, the German Christmas feast. Have you ever had a Christmas goose? Yes. Nope. The German Christmas feast is historically centered around the Weihnachtsgans, the Christmas goose, a tradition, a tradition dating back to the Middle Ages. Eating goose was originally tied to St. Martin's Day, but eventually became a part of the Christmas meal. 
often stuffed with apples, chestnuts, onions, prunes, then spiced with mugwort. I don't know what that is. And marjoram. The goose is served alongside red cabbage, of course, because they're Germans. Mm -hmm. Dumplings, of course. Gravy and sauerkraut. Sounds pretty good. I've had goose. I've never had, like, I don't know if I've had it specifically as a Christmas meal. And actually, the goose I'm looking at has an apple next to it. Um, Not a huge fan of goose. Mm. Panettone. Italy has numerous religious, uh, excuse me, regional traditions when it comes to Christmas dinner. In some parts, uh, Italy, they celebrate with the Feast of Seven Fishes. This meal includes seven different fish prepared in seven different ways. You would hate that, so we'll move on. <laughs> uh, Christmas pudding is a British thing, and it looks disgusting. And it's uh, yeah, it looks super gross. <laughs> You've seen that before? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've my seen favorite. I'm just going to shoot to one of my favorites. I had a friend who ha- uh, had Polish roots, and they make these cookies that they wrap in this jam called uh, kolaszki. And they are amazing. And he would, he would all every Christmas I would get like, like three or four dozen of them, dude. Like they made a right. lot of them. And now, see, that's the uh, bad I would thing about traveling. That's the bad thing about traveling yes. for the holidays. Yes. If you go to a place where they don't have good Christmas cookies, because Christmas yes. cookies are amazing. Germany, Czech Republic, and Austria, from my own personal experience, all have amazing Christmas cookies. Um, but let's let's get more into these destinations, Jaren. I love these foods. But let's talk some more about destinations. Um, I think for a lot of people, um, Christmas and the holidays are a time where they can uh, relax a little, hopefully not be too stressed. If you're at home with the family, sometimes it can become very stressful because I feel like there are a lot of expectations of, you know, you need to do this. Your house needs to look like this. Yeah. um, X, Y, and Z. It's very presenty to like your family. Right. It's like, yes, we're doing well. (laughs) Can't you Exactly. That's why I think holiday destinations or Christmas destinations are also a good idea. And I want to ask you, Jared, would you ever consider going on a cruise or going to like somewhere in Central or South America during the holiday season and Christmas time? Now to the second question, would I consider going to Central or South America during the holiday time? Now that's a heck yes, I would. The cruise... If I'm paying for it, you'd really that would have to take that would take some serious convincing. Not I'm not into it. If okay. someone else is paying for it, sure I'll go on a cruise. But I nothing about a cruise really interests me. That's not how I want to spend a vacation. I rather actually see stuff rather than the same or ocean for weeks or days or whatever. Right. However long a cruise is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, probably weeks. Most of them seem like they always end up being stranded for a while, all those carnival cruises. Right. Now, how about this? What about like a European river riverboat cruise where you stop in some different cities during the holiday season? No, but I would rent my own boat and do that. Get like maybe like one of those Dutch houseboat kind of things. Okay, Captain Jared. All right. And do that. I mean, it's got a motor. It's not like I need to know how to work sails and stuff. You do, know? You need, do you need a license, though? I wonder Listen, if you need like, a special opera. <laughs> I'm telling you what I would what I would like to do. I'm not like telling do. you I can't okay. do it. And I'm Fair sure enough. you can make it happen. I'm sure they have a way for tourists to do it. Um, right. Uh, but I would definitely want to go to South America. I don't know what. I mean, there's got to be some great uh, like uh, Christmas celebrations in South America. I would assume, right? I would imagine so as well. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of great places you can go um, during the holiday time, during Christmas time. Do you have it all any, depends? Uh, oh, mm-hmm. excuse me. Go ahead. You keep saying there's a great places. You haven't told, you said any. I don't because I don't know of any. Uh, I would assume. I would assume <laughs> any. I'm just. I would I'm just joking because I, I have a list. I have a. Oh, list. you do. Oh, yeah. let's hear them. It was just funny because you kept saying that, and I was like, I feel like he has no idea what they are, but he just keeps saying that. Yeah, nope, nope, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have good places to go for Christmas because I uh, have them. Uh, have you? What do you know about Mal- Malta? I don't know much, much about Malta. Me either. Uh, visiting Prespeju, Prespeju, Pre, uh, no, Prespeju, or. Uh, or nativity scenes is an integral part of Christmas in Malta. Every year, residents proudly open their shutters and sometimes even their garage doors to display their holy crib uh, confections to the public. So I wonder if they'd even have like a lawn scenes comparable to some of the stuff we might see here in the United States, which I might Possibly. consider slightly over the top. Downtown mm-hmm. uh, Val- Valletta is home to a lively Christmas spirit with carolers singing outside, the Baroque St. John's Co-Cathedral during Advent, and a dizzying display of Christmas lights on Republic Street. The Manuel Theater is well known for, an a- for its annual Christmas pantomime. Meh, mimes are kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. A visit... To the privately owned Malta Toy Museum features dolls, soldiers, train sets, and clockwork tin trinkets dating as far back as the 1790s. It's a heartwarming homage to childhood. Ugh. New York City. I don't know if I'd want to go to New York City uh, around Christmas time. It seems too hectic, but Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can obviously there's a very popular ice skating rink there. How do you feel about yep. ice skating for around Christmas time? Love it. I love, love it. it too. I posted a video on our uh, on our uh, uh, Instagram story a couple weeks ago when I was at Campus Martius. I did not ice skate, but I was watching people ice skate, and I just happened to take a video and at the and like it was a, like a five second or ten second video, and at the very end is just a guy flopping down on his stomach. Oh, um, <laughs> across the street, Radio City hosts the annual Christmas Spectacular, starring the Rock uh, Rockets. On the mm-hmm. southwest corner of Central Park, Columbus Circle hosts more than 100 vendors selling clothes, gifts, snacks, and drinks at the holiday market. Fashion's biggest name joined the festivities, setting up impressive Christmas window displays. The most glamorous cases are the Fifth Avenue flagships and department stores such as Saks and Bergdorf. That's another thing I want to ask you about. Do, how do you feel, uh, like, how important to you is access to good shopping? during uh like travel like if you're traveling around the holidays i think it's nice but it also depends have i bought christmas presents beforehand which i probably have um unless like last year when i was with my parents uh in europe we all decided that we would get uh we would all get each other some small gifts while we were there Mm. um so it can be nice if you're if so you're having family, a good shopping scene is important then can be a good because thing. you want to yeah. be able to mm-hmm. find something that is both personable but also and unique uh also reminiscent of your time and like it's something that reminds you of of being in whatever it is wherever it is that you're at bath exactly. england 
There are few cities in the world where you can celebrate the birth of Jesus and the birth of Jane Austen with the same amount of fanfare, both Bath, England. <laughs> but Bath, England happens to be one of them. The Jane Austen Center, an on-site Regency tea room, is the best place to learn about the city's most famous resident. The Theatre Royale, which Austen mentions in uh, Northanger Abbey in Persuasion, has a varied program of holiday drama, music, musicals, operas, and concerts. The Bath Christmas Market has more than 170 wooden chalets selling distinctively British handmade crafts. Brilliant. And quaint <laughs> Georgian settings straddled between the imposing Bath Abbey and the venerable Roman baths. The market offers a festive way to discover the character of Bath. Barcelona. Now, see, that is something I might get on board with. If it has a banging Christmas scene and the weather is most likely going to be pretty nice, I like that. Anyone who can yep. manage to extend their Christmas holiday until Three Kings Day, Monday, January 6th, can catch up with the Melchior Gaspar and Baltazar in, Bar in Barcelona. On the evening of January 5th, they arrive in the city, blah, 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 blah. Barcelona, oh, cool. Finland, that makes sense. You would like that. Nuremberg, mm -hmm. Germany, there are a lot of great Christmas markets there. Honolulu, mm -hmm. Hawaii, that's what I'm talking about. Mm. Honolulu Santa Claus cool. dons the beach, uh, dons his beachwear for the Christmas celebration in Hawaii. Uh, what the Aloha State lacks in snow and more than makes up with for with, with festive vibes of holiday peace and goodwill. <laughs> for those nice. of you that can't see. Chad and I were giving each other some hang loose hang fingers. Loose. <laughs> I really can't do it. Like I can't. My mind isn't fully. People can't see it, but like I have to like let loose my extend. fingers a little bit to make it. Mm. Hey, brother. Anyway, because you can't uh, hang loose enough, Jared. You got to learn how to hang a little bit looser. Quebec City, Canada, and Reykjavik, Iceland, and oh, another one I can get on board with: San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. And, and then Austria, that? Salzburg, and Obendorf. Oh, San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. Piñatas, posadas, and ponche. How do you say P-O-N-C-H-E? P-O-N-C-H-E? How would you pronounce ponche? that? Ponche. Piñatas, posadas, and ponche sum up the festivi festivities in the colorful Mexican city where Christmas is both a solemn and celebratory affair. Leading up to December 24th, visitors are likely to stumble upon Mary and Joseph strolling the streets as locals make pilgrimage, pilgrimage, pilgrimages from home to home singing to ask for posada or beg for shelter as they reenact the journey to Bethlehem. Piñatas and ponche, a mold fruit drink, that's what ponche, oh, mm -hmm. punch, Mm -hmm. um, cap a long evening of pereg peregrinations around this cobblestone city de designated UNESCO, UNESCO World Heritage Site. I love those. For that its wealth great. of grand churches, well-preserved architecture, and grand zocalos. I can get on board Very with nice. that, too. Absolutely. And then, of course, Frankenmuth, Michigan. Have you ever been to Frankenmuth, Michigan, Chad? I have many times. Uh, do you know it's, uh, or as we call it here, Michigan's Little Barbaria? Yeah. How do you feel about that nomenclature, Michigan's Little Barbaria? I've been there, but it's been a long time. 
I think it's I think it's fitting. I think uh, little needs to be emphasized there because Frankenmuth <laughs> is pretty small. But it's a it's a beautiful little town, and they have the biggest Christmas store in the United States called Bronner's mm-hmm. Christmas Market, which is huge. You can spend hours in that place. Uh, yeah. I took some friends from Germany there, and they were amazed by how just enormous the place was. Yeah, I don't know how far away it is for me. I, I was considering taking um, my girlfriend, who's not from. You should. You not should. from here. Yeah, and maybe take I her, will. Take her to the. Take her to the. Um, what is it? Is it called the Frankenmuth Inn? That that there's that big hotel where they have that really good chicken dinner, and it's like. Yes, I've heard of the chicken dinner. Mm-hmm. People roll their eyes at that chicken dinner. Really? I think it's. You pretty think good. it's good? Is yeah. it like a fried? Chi- is it like a like it's not schnitzel style? No, you get fried chi- You get like a bunch of stuff. You get because you just buy it's. That was the thing I guess I kind of disliked about it. I took my friends from Germany there, and uh, it's basically like one thing. Like you get your oh, fried you order chicken. the chicken dinner. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm looking at it though. It looks good. Uh, for, yeah, it's really good. It, it, what if I, it's only two of us and one of us is. Uh, a vegetarian, not me, but my girlfriend's a vegetarian, so I'm going to be eating a lot of chicken. <laughs> I wouldn't take her there. I would take her somewhere else. Then, if she's and let's vegetarian. be honest, I have a black family from the south. It's not like their chicken's going to blow me away. That's um, true. It was pretty good though, but <laughs> I'm sure but it yeah, is. If your girlfriend's but... vegetarian, yeah, that you might want to go elsewhere. But there's there's a lot of really cool places in Frankenmuth. Mm. Um, so yeah. But Jared, how about we talk about our song of the pod now? Yes. Yes. Uh, the song of the pod is by a group called Los Acheros, and the song is called En La Cale, which I, I, I all this time I should have looked up. What the, oh, Frankenmuth is only an hour and 20 minutes away. I could definitely make that happen. You should. You en should let cale? us know. En La Cale is, it is en la on cale the or is, it, or is it En La Calle? En La Calle, excuse me, C-A-L-L-E, which is on the street. Okay. And um, it is a great song. How would you? How do you explain that sort of genre? They're they're uh, like it's it is very Latin American, you know. I would say Latin. Yeah, would be the way I would. Uh, not Latin American. It. Excuse me. I don't know. Why I said Latin American. It is very Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely got a very dance vibe to it. Uh, did you see the video? It is very dance. Like there's dancing happening yeah. in it. Oh yeah. Always. The video is fantastic. I, great dancing. A lot, and I and I, I love the sort of um, range of voices too throughout it. Mm-hmm. Like there were a couple oh, different absolutely. people singing in it, and I, and I, and I enjoyed that mix. And just the horn section blasting away. The horns are great in this song. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. If you can listen to the song and not move your your head or your feet or something, you are You're a crazy a person, mm-hmm. or a robot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because this song is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's. I think it's a really upbeat song. I couldn't tell you what the lyrics are, um, no. but it's really fantastic. Yes, actually, I did understand some of it. Like I remember one guy saying, "I'm. I come from. I don't remember now, but he said where he came from." Oh, nice. Um, my. Oh, what's your? Uh, I'll go first. Let me go first. You know, we're on a Spanish mm-hmm. kick here. We just talked about Spanish. Uh, my Spanish word of the pod is rejalo. R e g a l o rajalo, not rega. Sometimes they say the g, sometimes they don't. I want right. to guess it's rajalo, right. which means gift or present. Oh, okay, nice. Mm-hmm. My uh, my word today is uh, my Chinese word of the pod. Let me listen to it one more time. Is mu di di, 
which means destination. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Chat, just so you know, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you're about to wrap this up, I assume. I don't know if you have mm-hmm. Christmas jokes or something. But uh, before I you don't. wrap this up, I'm infor- I just want to inform you that um, this episode comes out two days before Christmas. So, you know, I don't know if you want to somehow work that into your little wrap up there. Mm, just giving I you some I, pieces I think of we information. Can make that happen. Well, thank you, you, buddy. Do with that what you will. (laughs) Yes. So, um, well, first of all, I think to wrap up today's episode, to recap it, I think there are a lot of great Christmas destinations, depending on what you look for in Christmas. As Jared mentioned, I definitely like to see some snow on Christmas. So I probably would not be checking out some of the South American places, although it would be fun. Um, I like a relief from the snow. Because I right. and grew Jared, up well, in Well, Jared's it. sick of the snow probably already in Michigan, and he's ready to get the heck <laughs> out of there. Um, so, yeah, so keep in mind what you, you enjoy for Christmas, what Christmas means to you. Um, and I think for some people, too, a Christmas destination is not a worthwhile place to go if you can't go with your family. So keep that in mind. There are a lot of great places. Christmas markets are always a wonderful thing to check out during the holiday time, the Christmas season. Um, so check those out. If you need some recommendations for any Christmas markets, let us know, and we would be happy to give you some. You can reach us at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, for songs of the pod, like uh, En la Calle by uh, Los Acheros, which is a fantastic song. It will get you to dance, get you to feel good. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. And uh, also, lastly, please make sure to... Uh, Give us five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Let us know how we can make this podcast better for you. And do not worry. I did not forget. I hope that all of you have a very Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas to our British listeners out there. Um, Have a holly jolly Christmas. Enjoy the holiday time with your friends and family. Hope you all get some good gifts. Hopefully no one's been naughty and they get some coal. If you do, uh, maybe you can make some improvements in 2020, which is right around the corner. And uh, so we wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays here at the Untranslatable Podcast. And uh, as we say here, Dequiame, muchas gracias, and shishit. <laughs>